Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm joined by two very special guests to discuss how Thrasio updated its customer experience stack and hopefully share some learnings for businesses uh, looking to go through a similar process. Yes, today I'm delighted to be joined by Gershwin Exeter, Vice President of Global Services at Thrasio and Andrew Pryfogel, founder and CEO of CX Effect, the company that assisted Thrasio through its transformation process. Thanks both very much for joining me and let's get right into this. Um, so for anybody who's not come across uh, Thrasio before, you know, uh, it's a business that uh, acquire Amazon sellers, uh, Amazon sellers businesses and scales them up. Uh, in doing so, Thrasio has a mission uh, to drive simplicity with a focus on best in class tech. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about this uh, aim, Gershwin? One of the main things that we look at at, at, at Thrasio is providing um, the customer first mentality. So when you look at the customer, there's really two customers that you can be looking at. One is your internal customers. So setting up a process so our internal employees are equipped so that they can provide the best possible service to our end customers. And then there's the end customers. These are the actual, um, either the buyers or the uh, or some of our partners and ensuring that we provide a white glove service. And one of our other leadership principles um, revolves around good isn't good enough. So we want to be able to go out there and provide a service that is memorable, that's enjoyable, and something that really want that that really makes them come back to us versus anybody else within the ecosystem. So, on that note, I'll turn it back over to you, Charlie. Excellent. No, that's really great to hear. Uh, business have such a, a clear uh, customer vision, um, actually, and it'll be interesting to find out how um, Thrasio delivers on that uh, through your focus on people, process, and tech. So, could you maybe speak to that a little? 100%. When you look at our people first, uh, we're, we're bringing in the right people and we're doing the appropriate development. So development is absolutely imperative. We want to make sure that whether it's the advent, um, the introduction of artificial intelligence, automation, the, the changing, the way the world is evolving, bringing in soft skills such as people management um, for our people leaders or diversity in this world where conversations having critical conversations is important and us being a global company where we service customers around the world and how we have partners around the world, we have to be knowledgeable of all these things. And that said, we have a employee development process to make sure that our employees, whether they're the people managers, have the right skills to, to develop the frontline folks. Um, we also ensure that our, our people managers have the appropriate skills to develop themselves and to be better at their jobs. We have the technical training, we have the professional skills training, so all those things come into play. And you wrap that around the whole technology aspect because whether we like it or not, the world is changing. So artificial intelligence is a part of your job. Automation is a part of your job. And people have to become comfortable with it. So as opposed to being afraid of it, we're educating folks on it so that they can be comfortable and they can impart it into everything that they do. On the technology side, it's thinking long-term. One of the reasons why we enjoy working with CX Effect is they have the right partner or technology partner ecosystem that are with, with companies that are a combination of cutting edge, yet have the financial stability that you're not worried if they're going to be around in, in a year or two years time. And what they do is they're able to vet these um, these technologies and bring them to the table so that it's more refined judgment that, that you're going and you don't have to do an RFP for 40 or 50 different companies. It's much more tailored and partnering with Andrew and his team allow you to do that. With the process side, the best thing I can 
the best analogy I can make is if you if you, if you if your if your business challenges you need to get to work at a quicker time, and you currently have a a vehicle like a Honda, which is a good vehicle, and what you're saying is, well, I'm going to go and get a Tesla, but I'm going to leave at the same time, take take the same route. For those of us who live in Toronto, know it's going to take you the same time. It may be a little bit more comfortable, but you're not you're not changing your outcome. So one of the things that is really important and for us and one of the best practices that we've articulated is when you partner with CXFX and the other um, technology partners that they bring to the table, take the best in class and change your process. Get, uh, get comfortable with changing your process. Leave it a different time. Take a different route. Um, do different things because the technology can only do so much. And if you're trying to take the technology and have it retrofit into your old practices, you're probably going to have the same problem in a year, two, and three years from now. When you wrap those things together, developing the people and having them have that customer first mindset, along with the change management and all those things involved, setting up the right technology and getting them in place so that you have a, a right ecosystem with, as for, for us, as few customizations as possible, and then rethinking your processes to work with these best-in-class technologies, you get to the desired outcomes that we've been able to achieve over the past two plus years. Mm. And that, that's great. I mean, very kind of uh, a thorough explanation there. And as you mentioned, um, CX Effect uh, a couple of times in there. So I'll bring in uh, Andrew now um, to kind of give his take on how Thrasio is kind of challenging traditional um, CX transformation thinking uh, through that kind of people uh, process and tech uh, mentality that you just spoke to. Could you maybe kind of share your thoughts on that, Andrew? Sure, sure. Yeah, Charlie, it's, it is really interesting. We, you know, we we work with a lot of brands um, all over the place that uh, are struggling to figure out how they how they improve customer experience in the midst of tons of economic pressure, right? Around how to how do I drive cost out of the business? How do I continue to grow grow revenues? Uh, the the task that uh, Gershwin and his peers around the country that are CX leaders are always given this impossible task of doing more with less, right? And uh, and what I love about what what uh, Thrasio has done is uh, they've they haven't waited for kind of all this to kind of reveal itself. Right. They they uh, they got out in front of this. They decided to lead. They invested heavily in, in how to reimagine how they provided a, a, a great customer experience. And uh, and the result of it has been nothing short of them achieving best in class in every every critical uh, uh, you know kind of measure that any CX leader would be keyed in on. And uh, it's been impressive to see. Um, but it, but it, takes, it takes some vision from a leadership perspective to, to think about, you know, what could this look like and how would we get there? And an appetite to, to, to invest and make some bold changes, right? And that's exactly what, what uh, Gershwin and team have done. Yeah, and I think Gershwin said it well when he said about talk about kind of the danger of retrofitting new technology into old system. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, agree with you um, on that. And maybe Gershwin, you could maybe talk now a little bit, comparing your old environment to your new environment now. Kind of what have been the biggest changes um, to that within the past uh, couple of years? The philosophical change has been going with a set platform with everything built around that. So we have Zendesk as our base, and the first question that we ask anybody is, "Do you natively integrate with Zendesk?" If the answer is yes, we'll dance with you. If the answer is anything but yes, we're not going to dance with you. And the reason why we do this is 
I am sure that there's better technologies that, that there could be better technologies than the ones that we're using. But if they don't work natively with your system, you spend so much time on launching it, customizing it. And then and, uh, Andrew talked about the cost. There's a cost of customization. There's a cost of, of making it work the way that I want it to work because that's the way it's been working for the past few years. Instead, what we've done is we said, and we'll use the iPhone as an example, there's a lot of different apps if you want to go running. Pick one of the apps that work. You can use any of those. If, if Android has an app that you don't have, well, then switch over to Android if, if it's so important. But don't try to take an Android app and put it onto your, onto your iPhone. It just it doesn't work. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure somebody's figured out how to do it, but the cost of figuring that out is just not worth it. Therefore, what we're, so when you look at the, the simplification is things are just plugging in. When, when we were able to launch our, our generative AI solution, we did it within weeks. And our success within that, um, and I'm, I'm remembering these numbers off my head, within three weeks of launching, the generative AI was accurate on 59%, um, was being used on 59% of the interactions with a CSAT rating of 83%. Yeah. Well, you, you can just take that and run with it as is. When you put that in the fact that that was the first three weeks and now we're, we're progressing from there, it's just beautiful. Yeah, that's actually interesting. I'd like to dig in maybe another time into uh, that uh, generative uh, AI uh, innovation. It's great to hear um, forward-thinking businesses such as yourself are now starting to apply that technology within your operations. But I do kind of want to maybe um, come step back a little bit. You mentioned uh, the role of CX uh, effect earlier, and I'm sure a lot of other businesses in your shoes maybe would have gone to another kind of firm such as a Gartner or Deloitte. Why was it so important to you to establish this best placed uh, transformation partner in CX effect? Relationships are critical. And I remember when Andrew and I first met, it was um, we were at the front of a bus going to dinner and we just hit it off. And, and when we hit it off, there was a combination of mutual respect and and a, and a combined and, and I'm using this in the positive sense because oftentimes ego is used in the negative sense, but there was a positive ego attached to us. And, and what I mean by that is we want, we knew that we wanted to be great and he, and he knew that he could um, help us become um, great. And the hardest part of this is we weren't trying to be good. So when you look at it, it's easy to go from bad to good. It's harder to go from good to great. And then when you're trying to get into that, one percentile, or in our case, the top five percentile, that is one of the hardest pushes to make. So we needed a partner who was confident enough that they could take on that risk and, and walk with us down that path. That's where that's where Andrew and Bob and, and, and Daniel came into play because they were confident enough to take that journey with us. And that makes a massive deal because when you're trying to get from the top 10 percentile into the top five percentile into eventually the top one percentile, you need a partner who has a confidence in that borderline arrogance to, to roll with you on that journey. Excellent. Yeah, it's great to hear that you've got such a such a close relationship and how that's uh, helped to kind of influence your, the positive outcomes that you're seeing from your transformation um, process. And given kind of those positive outcomes, maybe a good final question to ask you both. Um, actually, it would be what kind of lessons that have you taken from this project that you would um, that you would pass on to maybe your industry peers? I don't know, Andrew, if you would uh, like to go first. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot here, Charlie. I, uh, there, I mean, this is such a rich, uh, rich example of of how innovative um, uh, leadership and around CX can change a business. You know, I, um, I, I would, I would say it's, it's safe. It's a safe statement to say that most CX leaders out there, um, perhaps by their own choice, but I think many just because of the environment that they're in and, and, and perhaps the lack of support or creativity that's around them, um, they kind of fall back into the mode that, you know, my job is just to keep the lights on. Right. And, and now, now, trust me, keeping the lights on is really important, right? <laughs> it's really, really important. But if you want to separate yourself uh, from your competition, if you want to figure out how to, how to take what has traditionally always been kind of just a cost of doing business, you know, we call it customer service. We, it's a, you know, it's a, uh, um, it's a part of the business that's kind of necessary. Well, if I want to change the thinking around that into how do I leverage that that team and that capability into a competitive advantage, that requires a very, very different kind of thinking, right? And and I think um, uh, for for CX leaders out there that are that are trying to compare what a future state might look like compared to what what we've always done uh, is perhaps kind of the wrong starting point um, because the way so many brands have always done it, right, is is not uh, uh, not even close to kind of where they could take this next if they decide that this can be a competitive advantage for their business. That's exactly what, what Gershwin and team have done. They, they stepped back and said, well, let's, let's throw out the way we've always done it. And let's think about is there, and, and really challenge ourselves, right? Everybody in this organization to, uh, uh, to think about how could we reinvent ourselves and, and turn this into something that really separates and defines the Thrasio brand, right? That's very um, that's a very difficult thing to do, uh, but it's a bold thing, and and, uh, and and it pays off if you stick that landing. And that's exactly that's exactly what Thrasio has done, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's been it's been really amazing to see as I've as I spent time with um, Thrasio and, and and Gershwin's leaders, right? He has as an organization that he trusts uh, that in leaders in his organization that have that have really become expert in their own kind of practices within the business. And as I uh, got to know these people and their passion around uh, going from, uh, from good to great and, and, uh, uh, and really doing things differently and thinking differently, um, it was inspiring. I, I'd love to see more brands adopt that kind of, uh, that kind of posture. And, and it's, uh, to, to, to Gershwin's point, it's not an easy thing, right? It's not an easy thing, but man, is it, uh, is the payoff worth it, right? Great, great, uh, great accomplishments are never are never easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As, as you mentioned there, Andrew, it's it's quite rare actually to meet some uh, meet a company with such kind of clear cut thinking about how they want to kind of go about their customer experience experience work. It's it's, it's great to see. And um, yeah, Gershwin, maybe now I'll come to you for your kind of final lessons that you've taken from uh, this project that you'd like to share with your kind of industry peers. I literally have two things written down. One is be bold and the other one is know your business. So because Andrew um, said about being bold, I'm going to start with that one. You, you have to think big. It's if you're not going to do it, somebody else is going to do it. And even if they don't get it right, they're going to get it close enough to being right that somebody else will take over from there. So you might as well just think big out the gate, go big and something that you still have to maintain your core business. Like you have to know your financials and have your, your core business running right. It's okay to, it's okay to do something wild every once in a while and to push the envelope. 
remove your, and then ask people around you like CX effect or, and bring in different partners to allow you to go forward. So going on that note, one of the things that we do that our partners have said is unique to us is we do a partner summit. We literally bring all of our different technology partners together for a two day virtual summit. And we share with them our strategy, our roadmap, and we get their take on it. So it's fun having these different partners in the room. Sometimes they're quasi competitors and they are able to check all that to the side and come and work cooperatively for us. So we share our information up front. We walk through what our vision is and then it allows them to say, okay, you're looking to do that. Here's how we can help. And then one of the other amazing side effects of that is a partner start to work together. Because one partner will be like, oh, wait, we didn't know that you did that. If you did that and we do this, we can work together. Yes, for Thrasio, but also on a go-to-market outside of Thrasio. And then, and then under the Be Bold, the last part I'll, I'll finish off with is be bold by including people who are not normally at the table. Within our CX, um, when, when we do our, our, our strategy sessions, we bring frontline employees to the boardroom. See, typically what happens is senior management, they will go and they'll spend a day or two or half a day on the floor and they'll listen to interactions, they'll observe interactions and um, they'll give themselves a pat on the back and like, yeah, we understand the business better. Now, I can tell you when I was on that side, I absolutely hated when senior management come down. You need three days to prep beforehand, then they take you completely out of business for a full day and then you have to calm your team down and debrief after. It, it was an absolute nightmare, right? What we're doing is we're, we're taking our frontline folks and we are bringing them to those meetings to say, here's what we're thinking about. And they're a part of these conversations so they can call us out and be like, yo, that just doesn't make sense. Why are you doing that? And we encourage them. We almost require them to speak up and to be a part of the conversation. Those are very bold aspects that we do that differentiate us and, and folks can learn from. The other side to that is knowing your business. So when we talk about knowing your business, Know your people. Know the people that you want to bring to those meetings. Don't bring favorites. Bring people who are going to challenge you constructively, who are going to want to partner with you. So that's one. The other one is know your data, whether it's your financial data, your performance data, know your data. So when leadership comes and asks you a question or when your peers or people from other departments, one of the things that we believe in is a four is a four layer rule. Be able to present your information. That's layer one. Answer the follow up question off your head, which is number two, answer the follow-up question off of that, off of your head. And if there's a fourth layer, have the database dashboard or report near you that you can answer that real time. If you do that, you're good to go. And people are like, okay, so-and-so knows their numbers. And then the last part is your process. Always be, always rethink it. Ask people, go, whether you're doing mini Kaizen events or you're doing little Six Sigma events, whatever you need to do, or actually, I mean, let's make it real easy. Just listen to your folks, right? Just listen to them. They're going to say, hey, why are we, here's another way of doing it. And when it comes to knowing your business, by being involved and as a leader, by spending time actually doing your job and doing the jobs of the folks that report into you all the way to the front line, that's a big thing. And what, what, one of the things that Andrew mentioned and why I'm such a big fan of the, the, the folks on our team from the leadership, they can do their frontline team members' jobs. May not be able to do them as well as them, but they can do them so that they, they know when they're be, they know all the different aspects and they can call people out if they're saying, well, we can't do that. Well, like, yeah, actually you can, you can do it this way. And they can have that very detailed conversation. And that brings the people together. It helps with the process. It helps them to know their business on the inside out. 
So that wraps around the know your business side. And on that note, I'm going to bounce pass it back over to you, Charlie. <laughs> well, that was there was so much in there to take away, Gershwin. That was really great. I mean, I've I've never actually heard um, of a company having like a partner summit, uh, but when you're saying it, it makes so much sense. Uh, it's being brings not only businesses to uh, benefits, sorry, to you, but to to their to their businesses too. I think, I think that's uh, fabulous, and also kind of bringing frontline a, uh, agents into senior management um, kind of discussions as well. Yeah, lots of lots of really great stuff, and lots of really great stuff. And I could uh, talk to you both uh, for hours. I think about uh, about all this. Such, such knowledge, not such knowledgeable people. Uh, but I think that's maybe the best place to end uh, today's chat. So thank you very much uh, for joining me both. Thanks for the time, Charlie. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Excellent. And uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Bye for now.